0: Hey everybody welcome back I'm Tim Ryder from with Jacob. I feel Jake. I'm uh lots going on on the uh New York Mets front these days. Jacob, how's it going, my man?
1: Doing well, still slowly getting over the the uh the finish to the Mets season and feeling very sad watching all the teams in the playoffs, not seeing the Mets there. Uh seeing that, uh, you know we just watched earlier this evening the uh, the Braves come back in the ninth inning against the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. So wish we were there. I, be- I believe it was, um, uh, three years ago yesterday. It would be, t- uh, two, uh, two days ago, uh, when this podcast comes out. But when the, uh, the Mets played in the 2016 wild card game against the giants, we won't go into that, but you know, it's, it's been quite a while since the Mets were, uh, playing in October and it's unfortunate they're not there now, but, uh, we shall see.
0: Yeah. I- I think the fan base misses that. Um, it's certainly an electric place, whether it be on Mets Twitter, whether it just be around the stadium or just seeing a Mets fan, you know, in the bagel place or the deli. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a cool feeling when the Mets are playing this time of year. And yeah, I think we can all say that we're on board with them getting back there next year. And um, the core's there, but we'll get into all that down the road. First things first, uh, the Mets made a managerial change this week. Uh, Mickey Calloway was uh, shown the door uh, after two years of uh, putting up a winning record, which you have to tip your cap to, I guess Noah wasn't lying there. Second half team. Um, he, I guess he just made too many, uh, too many mistakes. And the organization felt that with the core that was here, it looks like they had a better chance of succeeding with someone else at the helm. Uh, Jacob, do you agree with the, with moving on from Mickey?
1: I agree. Personally, I was a little I was a little surprised that they did pull the plug um, just because of how much support they gave him throughout the year publicly. Um, Brody Van Wagenen was never one to, um, you know, put pressure on Mickey in the media or anything like that. Um, so I feel like if they thought that this was the right direction to go in, that it should have been done earlier in the year. But, you know, what's in the past is in the past and they have to move on now. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate. I, li- I liked Mickey when he, he came in, I thought it was, um, you know, I, I didn't hate Terry Collins. Um, so have <laughs> to put it uh, nicely. Um, but it was nice to have kind of a youthful, uh, presence relative to what Terry Collins brought. Um, but yeah, it just, it just didn't work. And, um, you know, the, Mickey Calloway era is one will look back on with, uh, you know, some some
0: good times and plenty of bad. Yeah, it was entertaining. I mean, it certainly gave us as bloggers something to talk about. Um, you know, the fact that he was sold to the fan base as someone who was going to be analytically driven and by the end of his tenure, he was publicly stating he went against the analytics 85 percent of the time especially under this new regime who, who I guess holds the advanced metrics a little more high in higher, higher regard than the prior did, or at least <laughs> than the organization allowed the prior to, but um, yeah, uh, you know, depending on where they go with it, it's, you know, you're going to look back on it and say, maybe, you know, did they always put them in the position to succeed? That was my question. And um uh, it looks like they tried to. They they gave him Wrigleman this year and he still made the same, you know, coaching in-game mistakes, how much power he had over uh lineups or bullpen usage or or what have you. You know, that's we're never gonna know that. But um I, I think that he'll move on somewhere and whether he has to, you know, pay his dues as a pitching coach again, which is probably more likely, or someone does give him a chance as a manager. Um uh, right out of this job, which is remains to be seen. Uh, you know, we have to wish him the best, I guess. Uh He learned, I, I pulled away one quote from his, I guess, statement to the press when he was, uh, after he was let go. It, where, where are we? Here we go. Many players got better. Our team improved and the Mets are in a better spot today to be a world series contender. That struck me because it's true this core developed and whether that has to do with Callaway's guidance or not is kind of beside the point right now, but um, the Mets are in a better position to succeed, which kind of takes me to our next topic of, you know, the the field is still very much wide open, but who's next, who's going to take over um, this, you know, undoubtedly talented squad. There's talent here. There's arguably a world series core here, you know, whether the right additions are made to be determined, but, Um, on Sunday, it was made public that Carlos Beltran would be, uh, he, he would, I quote, have to listen if the Mets, uh, reached out to him regarding the vacant managerial spot. Personally, I think that he's the perfect guy for this job. Jacob, I want to hear where you're at before I start preaching on and on about Beltran.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we can touch on Beltran first and I, you know, I don't have any, um, you know, negative things to say about him. I do think with, with regards to Beltran, it was interesting kind of how those reports developed. Um, the first time we heard Beltran's name, I believe it was, I think, you know, people had been floating that name. And then, um, you know, Andy Martino came out on Thursday and said, uh, you know, so like Beltran is, would not
0: be considered or like Beltran himself didn't have any interest. Uh, and then, yes, I guess someone close to the situation said it was a, a remote possibility or something like that. Yeah,
1: but but highly unlikely. Yeah, um, that that the that I, but I do think they were saying from Beltran's perspective it was unlikely. Like he didn't want to manage, he didn't want to come back to the Mets, something like that. Um, and then today uh, there was there was an article from uh, Natalie Alonzo, who does a fantastic job as a bilingual reporter for MLB.com. Um, actually spoke to Beltron himself and and uh, he said he was very open to 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 managing in the in the major leagues would love to do that and uh, like you said would have to listen if the Mets were were interested so from reading between the lines there and given where uh, the first source of information was coming from compared <laughs> to the second source of information, um, I feel like perhaps that indicates that um, there wouldn't be interest on the Mets side of going in that direction. Um, but it, it is interesting to think about because, um, you know, obviously Beltron was um, known as, uh, you know, very influential, you know, in addition to being a fantastic, uh, you know, all-time great center fielder um, known as, as a clubhouse guy and a mentor to younger players once he got old um and obviously he uh, he's a fan favorite in new York. um so i think it's well, something I, interesting
0: yeah go ahead i was going to say the whole fan favorite thing i guess between me and you and most mets fans he is a fan favorite and it's well justified um i got his numbers here he's 280 369 500 over 6 plus almost 7 years here 127 weighted runs created plus five all star appearance, appearances and three gold gloves uh yeah He, he, he was above and beyond one of the most prolific offensive players this franchise has ever seen. Let's now the fan base holds a couple of things against him. And, um, of course we'll start with the strikeout to Wainwright. That was a big spot. Um, it would have been a lot worse if let's say, for example, he struck out against, I don't know, Josh Kinney, who was in the Cardinals bullpen in 2006. Now, Kenny actually had a decent series. He threw a bunch of scoreless innings, a bunch like 3.1 or 3.2 or something, but it was Wainwright. Wainwright's going to be a future member of the hall of very good. And um, that curveball is is legendary. I mean, he's used it to, you saw him. I'm sure you watched him on Sunday. He was outstanding. How they let him get to 120 pitches is beyond me, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Sure. Did he have his downtimes here? Yes. The injuries, kind of slowed him down but when he was healthy he carried this team and we saw it on so many occasions once he went to the Yankees and once he went to Houston even more so he really cemented his legacy as a a veteran guy in a clubhouse who could take your team to the next level uh, earlier this offseason, Alex Cora spoke to the New York Post uh, Ken Davidoff and he told as this is after the Red Sox got um, beaten up pretty good in London Um and the Yankees kind of just exploded offensively. So <laughs> Cora calls Beltran. Cora was, of course, his bench coach in Houston. He calls Beltran the Yankees' biggest free agent acquisition that past offseason. He tells David off, I know how Beltran works. He's helped them a lot. They're very into details. This weekend is referring to themselves, the Red Sox. We tipped pitchers, sequences, everything. Um, he says, that's what I'm saying. I know, Carlos, that's a great addition for their staff. Now, he's... Pretty much in plain sight, hinting that Beltran has the eye and the capability to notice little ticks like that. Even if he's up in the uh, in a suite, he could he could see these things. He could watch a TV screen and see a pitcher's uh, little nuances and and catch a um, just yeah, an advantage and uh, bringing that to a team like this, where if the Mets really are interested in keeping their staff on in Chili Davis and Phil Regan. Um, having Beltran as that guy who can kind of relate to these players cause he's not too far removed. I think it could be such a plus for this roster. Um, keeping the guys who this team saw progress under last year in Regan and Davis here. Um, and even if they want to move, um, my other, <laughs> this is my dark horse is Luis Rojas. And I know Mike Mayer from MMO will, uh, will, will also uh, die on that hill, um, He's done a a nice job of conveying that analytical message from the front office to the team. And he could be uh, another good voice on that bench. Um, I see it as a nice situation. If Beltran wants to come here, I think the Mets have to entertain it. Jacob, are you, I guess I I should ask, are, are you impressed with any of the other candidates? Well,
1: it's it's interesting because I mean you mentioned it. The the field right now is so wide open. Um, you know, all different kinds of candidates have been floated, rumored. Uh, you know, some have actually given quotes to the media about being interested.
0: Um, some are just names out there. I think. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Big shocker. Buck Showalter at 67 publicly <laughs> states he wants a job. Like breaking news. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I'm
1: not sure how how much I I, I see that one happening, but uh, <laughs> you know I will say that if uh, you know Joe Girardi is uh, I I think it's it's well known that he does have interest in taking the Mets job, and if uh, you know the Mets really want to be all in going forward, you know, and that, that's what I think that they kind of need to be targeting someone is is who is the best person to lead them um, to possibly, you know, if you, you have world series aspirations, uh, you should have world series aspirations going into next year. Um, you know, who is the best person to do that. And if you want, you know, kind of that no nonsense guy, um, who knows New York knows the media, uh, has a resume that speaks for itself. Uh, I think Joe Girardi is that guy, uh, whether that happens or not because of the price tag that likely comes with it. Who knows? Um, I, I know he also interviewed for the, the Cubs job, and that might be one that is more appealing for, you know, various reasons. Uh, but I think if, 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 uh, if the price is right, then then Girardi has to be your number one target. Um, you mentioned Luis Rojas. You know, I don't have strong feelings either way um, on him. I know obviously he's a, he's a, a well-liked person within the organization who's been there forever. I mean, go, you know, going back uh, over a decade of managing in the minor leagues with the Mets. Um, and, and that's certainly a, a plus on his side is that he's worked with everyone who's come up through the organization. Um, you know, Degrom, uh, Jeff McNeil, Peter Alonso, uh, Ahmed Rosario. So, um, You know, it's interesting because he's never had, uh, you know, even a bench coach role or a or a a, you know a a main coaching role on a major league team. So that would kind of be an outside the box hire. Um, And then you've got another guy that I kind of find interesting is Joe Espada, uh, who is currently the bench coach for the Houston Astros, um, formerly of the Yankees, formerly of the the Marlins, Um, and as you may recall, the last person to make the, the jump from Astros bench coach to manager did uh pretty well, um, Mr. Did, Alex, Alex, Cora. Uh, so, you know, it's es- kind of have, has a good reputation around the league of being a very diligent coach. Um, I was reading an article about him in the athletic from, I think it was 2018, but you know, still holds true uh, about his uh, kind of he, with the Yankees. His first job was as a scout um, and kind of learning how to be, um, use the analytical side in, in addition to the the scouting um, you know expertise. Uh, so uh, Espada was in charge of the or is in charge of the the infielders for the for the Astros, and, and they they're one of the top teams in the league in shifts. So he certainly is a, a forward thinker. Um, and little connection there is that Espada is obviously the bench coach for AJ Hinch. Um, and AJ Hinch and, uh, Brody van Wagenen go back, uh, a long time. So, you know, we, we obviously have talked a lot about Brody van Wagenen and his, uh, relationships and giving jobs to people that he has relationships with. Um, so, uh, he, he should have an, an, an insight on Espada if that is the case. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I do think. If I recall correctly, Van had mentioned uh, an out of the box hire is uh, a avenue that they'll explore um so someone like Rojas or Espada does fit that bill for me. Um I would hope that it's someone who has you know experience in a major league dugout as a coach uh, which would uh, eliminate Beltron for me. Not that I think Beltron would be a bad hire, but um you know, I think this is not a team, you know, the core is so strong that it's not really a team that you can use with, uh, you know, an experimental manager or something like that.
0: You kind of have to be all in with uh, the direction you're going. Oh, I agree. And I think the, probably the most exciting part of this process, at least through my eyes, is that this is a coveted job or, you know, it's it's turning out to be somewhat of a coveted job. Um I agree with you on Girardi. He would be a solid choice. Uh, he has the experience he, he has, he brings the, the stuff that Mickey Callaway couldn't bring to the table. He does bring, and, um, it would probably be the smartest hire. Uh, I like the whole outside of the box idea. Um, and again, it's going to matter which, which way the team decides to go. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on briefly, uh, just after the season concluded, Jeff Wilpon put out a, a very brief quote that was, uh, at least to me, it felt like it didn't get touched on nearly enough. Um, he told reporters that he felt unfulfilled after this season. As a fan, I will admit that I, you know, I was a little peeved for him to uh, knowingly, or I guess the organization, to quite visually and obviously um not do all they can to field a world series contender granted they did a lot and um it still could be argued though that they did not take that that one major leap is he purposely trolling us jacob saying that he's unfulfilled knowing that we're unfulfilled um it's almost as if uh I can't tell if he's hinting that, oh, this year might be the year if he's just toying with us, getting our hopes up. And this isn't a direct attack at at Jeff Wilpon. Um, We're just we're a jaded fan base when it comes to this sort of thing. And and uh, honesty would would certainly go a long way. And, uh, you know, a renewed commitment to winning would go even further. And, um, you know, even at the trade deadline this year, not going out and getting a a reliever Um, certainly exposed holes and this off season, the holes are a little bit more clear cut and well-defined. You have to go out there and make the moves, but saying that you're unfulfilled after leaving opportunities on the table, just leaves a very, very sour taste in my mouth as a fan. Um, Jacob, did you see these comments and what were your thoughts? I did. Um, You know, it it was kind of,
1: you know, a little awkward. I, I, I don't, for lack of a better term, the, the press conference, because it was, uh, one, not an in-person conference. It was a, a phone, uh, conference call and it was, you know, really to announce the firing of Mickey Calloway and at the same time, talk about, uh, the 2019 season. Uh, so they really, you know, killed two birds with one stone there. Um, he said he felt unfulfilled, um, in terms of, you know, not reaching, uh, the postseason. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, I feel unfulfilled. Um, and, you know, the, the Jeff Wilpon, in the few times that he's spoken to the media over the last several years, is, you know, is very good at kind of using uh, vague buzzwords, per se, um, to kind of describe the state of the team. And, you know, I, I'm not really sure if it's indicative of anything, you know, material. That, you know it's doesn't really indicate a direction I think they've always indicated that they want to win you know in their quotes their their actions may say something else um but yeah i i I didn't really take much from it i you get from jeff wilpon's quotes you know they are what they are um but yeah i I would have to agree that it's you know not um not not what I wanted to hear after after such a a disappointing season that um you know had they uh, pushed some specific buttons might have uh turned out a little better
0: yeah just it, it oh it struck me as um just off-putting almost the gall of it to to yeah we know it was unfulfilling thanks jeff <laughs> i mean um you know it was a it was there's a lot of positives to be taken from the season i know that we've said that a bunch but You know, it's kind of in their hands now. It's up to this organization to take the next step. Um, Whether they go after the big fish in Rendon and Cole, as unlikely as it may seem, it's still a possibility because it hasn't been ruled out. You know, I personally think that a Josh Donaldson would be a cheaper alternative to a Rendon, but whether they're even going to go fishing in that deep of a pond is going to be remains to be seen. You really can't tell with these guys, and again, like you just alluded to, they don't. Um, they they say one thing, and they um, you know we've all seen the you know the alleged. Uh, let's not call them fake offers, but oh, just came up short offers, and we we've all seen those come and go, and we all know what they are. And you know we're a smart fan base. We always have been, and it's tough to you know, and especially after pulling the same thing so many times, and. Like, we know the blueprint now. That's what I'm trying to say. We know kind of what's coming next. You feel like it's got to be time for them to turn things around. And, um, you know, taking on a bunch of money in Cano and giving Jed Lowry money, um, you know, in a perfect world, sure, they would have been nice pickups if these guys produced. And they still have time to, to produce. They're still under contract. But ignoring the holes that are here now and trying to, um, for lack of a better phrase, half asset again this season, um, it just seems like they're missing out on a window of opportunity to do something so much greater and so much more special uh, by, you know, going balls to the wall and really going out and saying, hey, we're going to make a run. And, you know, I know it seems unlikely. And I just saying it, hearing myself say it, it's unlikely, but, you know, it, it's about time. So that's my plea. <laughs> um yeah, I guess I got a little bit off topic there, but it really that it's stuck in my craw, man. Yes, it's unfulfilling. Of course it is. But you know, they got time to to get things straight. And like we said, the core is here. Um moving on. What we're watching these days is postseason baseball, which is where we want our Mets to be next year. But in the meantime, we'll settle for world-class baseball in what we've been seeing. Um Jacob, your favorite tack to be the Astros, right? That pitching is just un- unreal right now. Pitching's unreal. I mean, I was, and
1: I was watching, um, you know, uh, yes, yeah, last night. You know, Alex Bregman is so good. Um, you know, just you forget about their offense when you talk about uh, how great their pitching staff is. Um, you know, Correa, Springer, Alvarez. Uh, you, know, you name it. and it feels like with these these postseason teams it's it's the guys that you don't talk about as much that just step up and and do something uh, and the Astros certainly have plenty of guys that that can do that on any given night um, so it's uh, I will say it's a little cruel to have uh, so many Mets rivals in the postseason between uh, you know, the Braves and the Nationals and uh, uh, if you want to call the Yankees an actual rivalry um, but yeah it's uh it looks like it'll be a dogfight in the in the uh, American League and then the national league is kind of you know the Dodgers to lose um, but yeah it's uh it's exciting to watch these these big games that that you you're confident that the Mets can can get there uh, with the players they have right now um, you know with some additional pieces to, to kind of cement things and, uh, and, and create a, a solid 25 Because honestly, you know, you think about it, the Mets really have been trotting out a, a, a good, you know, 20 man roster, 21 man roster. Uh, but it's those final four or five guys that just, um, you know, prevent them from really completing, uh, what could be, uh, honestly, one of the best teams in baseball. If, uh, you know, the cores. Supported by the right, uh, the right cast of, of uh, so, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 nice to still have baseball on as as the uh, as the months get get colder outside. But uh, you know, I think we all want the uh, the Metsies to be there.
0: Oh, for sure. And you know, for at least personally, looking at the Astros sending Verlander, Garrett Cole, and uh, Zach Granke out there, you know. As a Mets fan, it makes me long for, you know, these versions of Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and let's say next season it'll be uh, Marcus Stroman, maybe in that three hole. Let's assume, um, in in a in a playoff series. I mean, you know, in 2015, let's just look at the pitching staff. Those guys were young. Um, if they would have made it in this year and got into a five game series, come on, with Zach Wheeler here, who's um. You know if the offense shows up, that's a very, very tough, tough roster to beat. um like you said, there's holes to be filled. um, the right pieces are at least in my mind more attractive than the quote unquote sexy pieces. uh you know, make the right moves. You don't have to go out and spend a ton of money to do it if the right guy is there at the right dollar amount, of course, you jump at it. but yeah, let's um. Let's move forward because this is, this is enticing, man, while well, watching these teams. I mean, I, I'm not going to root for the Nationals, but the Braves are uh, a very fun team to watch. Mike Soroka versus Wainwright today on Sunday was just fantastic. Soroka held his own against um, an all-time very good in Wainwright. <laughs> uh, and I was surprised that Max Fried came in and lacked control. Uh, he's, he was been a solid piece for the second half of the year, uh, walks were really not his thing and, um, he looked shaky, but they came back. I think that's going to be a nice series as we're recording Washington's, up two, one in the fifth, uh, Ryu, you know, did not come out looking sharp, but, um, holding himself in there. I think this is going to be a decent series. Uh, out in the uh, American League, I think the Yankees and the Astros are definitely heading towards a, 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 a storied matchup. That should be fun. And I think the Astros depth, as you were referring to, might give them the upper hand. But we shall see. We'll be recording pro- probably right before the uh, AL and NLCS begin. But, um, yeah, I'm things just, are exciting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say one more thing on the Braves. How funny yeah. is it to see
1: a Danny Hechevaria getting at bats in October for them?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. He, uh, I think he he failed to make contact or he failed to fully swing on a hit and run, it appeared today. I'm not sure the announcers picked up on it, but it looked like I forget who was on first. He took off and Hecheveria put like a it was almost like a as as pitching ninja would call it a sword. And he only went halfway and they called him out on a called strike three. And uh, oh boy, who was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe it was Hamilton scooting over to third. And uh, you know, it was a big spot, and to miss a, miss a call, if that's what happened, you know, it kind of may put a little grin on my face. But you know, it, he was a I'm not going to say a flash in the pan, but he, he showed up to play against the Mets once he was with the Braves, and he had a nice run to the end of the season. But um, I don't have his numbers in front of me. I don't think he's a you know an impact maker. No. Uh, You know, it it is what he is, but I like the Braves and I, you know, in the, in the postseason, I like the Braves. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, They're a deep team. I like Freddie Freeman. You can't not like that guy. Love Josh Donaldson. I want to see him in Queens next year, as unlikely as that might seem. Um, Really uh, lots of fun watching these playoffs. And uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Jacob, do you have any update from the Arizona fall league? (sighs) Fall League is uh
1: chugging along. Um, you know, it's kinda in that, that middle point where um, you know, the guys are just playing the games and going through the motions. Uh only about two weeks left, I'm pretty sure. Um got a an all-star game of sorts called the Fall Stars game, which is uh, I believe next weekend. Um, but yeah, guys are playing. Andre Cimenez is playing well. That's good to see uh, after kind of a a rough regular season, which we've touched on in the past. Um, you had six guys in action yesterday, including four pitchers. Um, David Peterson didn't, didn't allow an earned run, but, uh, only two strikeouts and four innings. Um, Blake Taylor, I, you know, I I mentioned how he's kind of an interesting guy to, to watch. He he pitched a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. So, uh, guys are there. It's, it's, I I think I, I said last time it's, a more interesting crop than, than, uh, sometimes they've had in the past. Um, but you know, this hasn't been any, uh, you know, eye popping exit velocities or anything, uh, of that nature to report. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely guys that we're just going to be keeping our eyes on as the, uh, as the winter rolls on.
0: I I mean, just briefly looking over Jimenez's numbers, um, you know, it looks like he's, Performing well, again, it's a very small sample size, but 14 RBI over 10 games is, uh, you know, it's nothing to, to shake a stick at. I like that. Um, I have been keeping an eye on Peterson, Humphreys, Gillum and Taylor. And I know, I guess last time we spoke, he said they completely, they pitched a complete game. Um, I believe they took all nine of a loss to Navajo on Oh, Let's say, I think it was Saturday. Yep. And, um, I I, again, they you know, taking steps, and I think that's kind of the process you can hope for with young guys in this league. Uh, Clearly, you probably know more than I do there, but um, you know, to see guys stand out and the confidence level being boosted, uh, you would hope that, you know, at least in a guy like uh, Jimenez's spot, he would come into camp in the spring, um, just with a kind of renewed sense of um, belonging. There, because you know that's what how would you call it? Maybe an elite camp comparable to the Arizona Fall League.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's the guys that the organization um, feels you know highly enough to to play them against other uh, you know players that that other organizations feel highly about. Uh, so I, it's it's a good sign that that he's there um, to to get more reps, which can't hurt. Um and like you said, coming to camp next year, um show that you can uh hang with the big boys and uh I'm sure he'll he'll be on the on the uh you know the short list for a major league promotion sometime in twenty twenty. That wouldn't surprise me at, at all. Uh, not sure if he'll repeat double A to start, go straight to triple A. Uh, but he's just kind of uh, a guy that uh you know has a pretty solid floor, and uh you know if he could uh, be a reserve infielder or a a, a solid second baseman or um uh, you'll take that um with the chance to uh be an impact shortstop uh if everything uh shakes out correctly
0: yeah I mean he would hope so um and like you said, what the future holds is still very much up in the air but it looks like he's putting the foundation down, and that's um, it's a start for someone in his position and at, at his age. Uh, yeah, the Mets will certainly have decisions to make. Um, Jacob, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, I'm looking back on your projected roster going into the off season, and you're including your um, I guess your free agents, your guys expected to be DFA'd, um. I guess I want to touch on Joe panic. I know that we briefly spoke about him in the past. Do you see him filling out a bench role on this team? Do you see him um, getting another job? I mean, he hit well while he was here. Do you think that he's a type of guy that's going to, you know, with so many middle infielders here, do you think he has a spot here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have no qualms with panic as a player. I think he's, serviceable more than serviceable as uh you know filled in at second base while while some guys were hurt and um the thing is that he's not going to be in the top five six maybe even seven on the the infielder depth chart uh, and due to the fact that he's um well into his arbitration years he'll be owed you know what could be over four or five million dollars that's just not what you're willing to spend on a guy that, um, you know, like I said, is likely going to be low down on the depth chart, uh, can't be sent to the minor leagues without his consent, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure they could bring him back, um, just on a, on a, uh, more, uh, you know, team friendly contracts, uh, after, you know, cutting. And if you cut ties with him through non tender, you're not, you're not, Oh, you don't owe him any, uh, uh, you know, termination pay or anything like that. If you if you release the guy during the off season, you can't add him back to your active roster until I think May fifteenth of the next oh. season. So if you just non tender him, you can bring him back, put him on the roster right away. Uh, that's that's likely the route they'll go. Whether he wants to, I mean, it seems like he he enjoyed being with the Mets. Obviously, his his uh, the team he he rooted for growing up. Um, so I'm sure he would uh, be open to coming back. Um, If he can't find a major league deal somewhere, he could come back on a minor league deal with a spring invite. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't really see him kind of sticking on the roster throughout the entire offseason. But if they if they want to bring him back, then uh, definitely helps to have another experienced major leaguer.
0: Oh, exactly. and It it provides major league depth. And if that's, you know, what Brody's going for again this offseason, it's certainly an option. But as always, Jacob, our resident GM, you uh, (laughs) answered my question. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all we got for this week. Uh, Of course, moving on, we're going to have a lot more managerial talk, I'm sure, unless the Mets go ahead and make this a quick process, but we shall see. Um, We're going to be touching on different areas of the free agent crop uh, coming up this offseason. I believe Mets Marise is going to have representatives at the winter meetings again this year, so Uh, We'll be getting some direct information on that. Just a bunch to look forward to as we move into this next chapter of Simply Amazing, which I know me and Andrew touched on it briefly last week. Uh, This is strictly a Metsmerized production now. Um, Jacob, Mike, uh, John Sheridan, a number of other Metsmerized personalities are going to be joining us over the next few months. You're going to get to meet them. Uh, We have some Mets beat writers that have agreed to come on. You're going to, We hear from them in the next few weeks. Uh, Hopefully some bigger name characters coming in as far as players, ex-players, but those are still in the works. I don't want to get your hopes up too high. But uh, this podcast that's coming out this week, folks, this is going to be on a new homepage on SoundCloud. You don't have to do anything different on your end. Just follow the link when it comes out. Uh, We do ask you to please subscribe. Um, You know, Bookmark, subscribe, favorite, whatever you do on your end. And of course, leave a five-star review. We're going to be up on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere that you get your podcasts will be there. Uh, we are putting our first episode up on SoundCloud. That'll be up, uh, excuse me, SoundCloud. That'll be up on Monday morning. Uh, once the feeds get picked up, of course, they'll be in the other, your other areas on Spotify, iTunes, the ones I just mentioned. But again, um, just keep an eye out. We're at a new home, so favorite us bookmark us set alerts, put your notifications on. Uh, we're happy to have you here. We're going to get you guys involved some more as far as uh little segments and such we're going to do, but, uh, you know, all in due time, we'll get to all of that. Jacob, anything to, uh, plug on your end this week, buddy, <sighs> not plugging anything, but, uh,
1: you know, I think we're, we're all kind of, uh, plugged into, uh, to the news and we'll all, uh, be pumping out our, our, uh, opinions and, and and comments on uh whatever trickles out into the world uh over the coming weeks and and it should be uh you know exciting it's i i think it's always exciting when a new uh, you know manager gm comes into the organization so um yeah we'll be uh watching out for that and uh hope everyone keeps it uh keeps it plugged to to MMO
0: yeah i know um play a report cards you going to be coming out soon um We'll have our I think uh, we're going to revive our five question segment our take five segment. We're going to be speaking with uh, a bunch of Mets personalities on that front. I believe uh, our friend Michelle is going to be taking care of that. And uh, yeah, just keep an eye out, guys. We're going to have big news coming out through Simply Amazing, through MMO. And uh, yeah, we look forward to your feedback and your patronage. So until next time, thanks for listening to Simply Amazing for myself and Jacob let's go Mets we'll talk to you guys soon